Hello, welcome to You Don't Know Lit. My name is Nick Argeris, and this week I'm looking for an overrated book to help me, our two high school English teachers, Ian and Joe. Hi. When I was in high school, I had this opinion that I leveled at my English teachers like like totally seriously, where I was like, I don't like Shakespeare. And I feel like I have the credit to say that. Like, I feel like I have the clout to, you know, level this against him. Uh, since Hi, my then, name is Joe. I, Hi, my I, name is Joe. <laughs> uh, I'm on the show. I work in a button factory. Um, no, since then, I've obviously grown to love Shakespeare. I've taught it many times. My name is Joe Holshue. I have nothing bad to say about William Shakespeare. And um, I'm a high school English teacher. Ian, what do you have bad? To, what do you have? <laughs> it's getting better. It's throwing it over to me. It's working his way. It's like, yeah, working your way into the thesis. Do you have something to say, Ian? Stand, Nick. <laughs> Unfold yourself, Joe. Long live the king, litheads. This week, my name is Osric. I have remarkable mustaches. I'm a courtier in the retinue of Claudius, king of Denmark, and I brought an extremely overrated book, Hamlet by William Shakespeare. May your earlobes turn into assholes and shit on your shoulders. Hey, the plot doesn't fucking matter at all. This is what I think it's about. If you look closely <laughs> enough, every author was at some point a racist. Audiobooks don't count, right? All art is quite useless. <laughs> who, who told you that? Fun fact, that is how Joe laughs. <laughs>, 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 <laughs> This is, I may have shared with you, this is like my first experience with Shakespeare was a um, film version of Hamlet, which was absolutely scarring in the best possible way. I was maybe seven or eight years old. Um, was it the six hour long version? Yeah, was four, it four hours. Yes. Four hours. Yes. Yeah. It, with and, Leonardo DiCaprio with a gun that he holds sideways. Uh, <laughs> nope, that's good. good one though. That's Romeo and Juliet, uh, but very good. Wouldn't it be amazing if Baz Luhrmann did all of the Shakespeare plays and they all had Romeo, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio with guns. <laughs> I think that'd be incredible. There is, so there's, really cool. It's a universe they really need to expand, much like the MCU. Yes. Okay, so here's my, this is unconnected, but here's my, uh, this is your your uh, MCU fact of the day. We, we have one of these each week and it's time for that. Um, Shakespeare, much like the MCU, has characters that hop from reality to reality. Uh, specifically, a lot of his plays have a guy named Antonio who falls in love with the main love interest. So usually there's an Antonio and he's in love with the guy who <laughs> is the guy who is, who is kind of the main, the main love interest boy. And Antonio is always super sad because he's in love with, he's in love with the main character and he can't, you know, is Shakespeare Antonio, anymore. right? Because the main character's in love with somebody else. Is that yeah, the he's problem? He's in love with a girl, right? Yeah, and, and then Antonio's and in love with Antonio's the main like, character. hey man, and they make her like, oh, you're a good friend. I think we should start off by, um, I know, we, I'm sure we've mentioned this in the past, but maybe starting off with Ian's credentials to talk about Shakespeare is always fun because I don't know anything about them, but I'm going to go mm -hmm. ahead and just kind of outline Try. them yeah. the best yeah, I can. It. I yeah. Oh, Ian, this is great. Doctor Shakespeare. Yep. Went, mm -hmm. got his doctor degree not yep. a real mm -hmm. one he doesn't practice an on anybody no, I, I, he doesn't help can, anybody he doesn't help anybody no i actually learned a lot about shakespeare's anatomy so i could do surgery on him but he's dead so okay right. tell us one fact about shakespeare's anatomy <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, below the belt if you please I, i'm gonna call your bluff right now <laughs> what uh, joe wants to know about shakespeare's penis i think it's quite clear <laughs> Little Billy. The fact oh. that he had multiple children means he was likely functional. <laughs> Love it. Wow. Okay. So you're a doctor of Shakespeare. 
Uh, I think you've also like helped like translate a Shakespearean script mm-hmm. and like modern modernize it or something. Um, along those lines, yes. Uh, uh, listen so to this. I, this answers can be so pretentious. Keep uh, going. Use <laughs> <laughs> it. If you watch no, the video, don't do, don't do that. Just say it. You won't. You don't even have to try to do that. It'll just come out. <laughs> It'll come naturally. But it's more funny when I exaggerate it. I did get a PhD in Shakespeare, among yeah. other things. Um, among and other, other things, including old books, other doctorate and, degrees. <laughs> yeah, I also have a PhD in Ben Johnson, Queen Elizabeth II. First, no. Let us tell you about Thank Queen you. Elizabeth's penis. <laughs> Oh dear. Um, the, is there the anything else on that resume that makes you qualified to really dunk on one of the most famous stories ever told? <laughs> uh, to be fair, Lidheads, um, the the whole theme thing Nick came up with overrated and then immediately said, "Ian, you should do Hamlet." So no, that's, did I that's say Hamlet? you bet you did, baby. That's how this no, came about. You had wrote down Hamlet in the document, not to get oh, excuse us. Nobody you knows how you these things started. No, 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 no. There's no way of telling, guys. We don't know who did it first. I'm gonna check uh, Google history real quick. Hold on, <laughs> the edits, the revisions. Uh, while Nick is doing this, I will talk about the book that i published last year tell us um, what hamlet's about yeah well the, can i well, finish no he's my, talking about the book that he published pu- ian, pub- ian oh, is a doctor Jesus, of shakespeare he did not publish hamlet though no Nick, i am I not get- now i might you might think that i am actually shakespeare but i'm not um the logic is, is the different. book that I, the book that we published last year was an an edition of shakespeare's complete works when his works were published they were printed in his era, which had very different standards for printing and the way texts should look. And um, there were also a lot of different versions of texts kind of floating around during Shakespeare's time. So what we've done is we've looked at all of the old, like the old original versions of these texts, figured out which one is the best, uh, which ones are kind of the clearest and closest to what might have been performed in the playhouse and presented that uh, in a in a format which is readable and uh, elucidating, uh, illuminating, adds light instead of making it more difficult to read. Spelling has been changed. Punctuation has been changed. Made easier. Yes, yes. It's not made more hard. Yeah, no, this is like ex- Shakespeare with accessibility features. Shakespeare Plus. It's a Shakespeare Plus. And you can send your $5 a month directly to me. Nobody else had really taken a look at uh, the ways that performances, the history of performances, had shaped the way that Shakespeare was received. So we looked at over a hundred different performances of all the Shakespeare plays. We took note of when they made important changes to the text and we put those, those changes in the margin. So you can be reading along and reading what Shakespeare wrote and look over on the margin and say, Oh, every single performance has cut this line out because it's extremely racist, that kind of thing. Wow. Okay. So this, this is very stupid. This just, this actually kind of blows my mind. This is the first time in my life I've ever actually considered the fact that the Shakespeare, for example, that I teach my freshman is not the Shakespeare as he wrote it. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So we don't have any. Um, Fuck. This is Are you serious? Yeah. So the maybe so, the original Hamlet was good. Well, let me actually let's <laughs> let's nice. actually use this to get to Hamlet. We don't have any of Shakespeare's original what they call holograph, which is um, wow. not the not the not the not Star the. Trek. This guy's yes. getting Not way that. too much credit. So, well, we can, we can actually get into that in a moment if you'd like. 
It's we basic, don't have yeah. any of his original manuscripts in mm-hmm. his own hand. What we have are early printed texts, which were likely drawn from the plays as they were performed on stage. We even have suggestions that um, the plays were the the plays that were printed were listen. People were in the theaters memorizing slash recording surreptitiously, <laughs> like writing out what the plays were, <laughs> sneaking them out, possibly. Mm, so this is like when you download a movie illegally. Yeah, and this it's is the original camcorder in the theater. Yes. <laughs> he was like tying a little thing to a pigeon foot and escaping <laughs> it from the. You get so the visual. My next question is like, what would they do with that? Like, would they go and put on their own bootleg Shakespeare at some theater down the street? Um, there and were charge less money. There were government organizations that prohibited that. They would catch on pretty quickly. The theater was pretty heavily regulated. But what they could do is they could take it it to a a printer (laughs) and the printer would say copyright wasn't really a thing. The printer wouldn't say who wrote this. Do they have the the rights (laughs) to it? The printer would be like, you have a copy of this. I will buy your copyright, which is your right to this copy. Now it is mine. And oh, I man. will make money off of that. This is great. And he would print it and it would be distributed in this form. So this factors into Hamlet in a beautiful, beautiful way because the first edition of Hamlet that shows up on this on the scene is early and it is commonly referred to as the bad version. Scholars <laughs> refer to it as the bad quarto of Hamlet. It is so different from what we have come to expect. There are plot things that are different. There are spelling pieces that the, the, the name, the queen is named Gertrude in most versions, oh, that's but that's my the, cat's name in the old in the friend, the bad quarto. Her name is Gertrad. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. That's my other cat's name. <laughs> and you guys know the classic Shakespeare line to be or not to be right. The full quote, the bad quarto re- renders it as follows to be or not to be. Is that all? I all. <laughs> So, so like this first of the imagination, what did you call it? Not the first folio, the first quarto quarto. So quarto is a smaller kind of book. Okay. So the first quarto is just like somebody's vague memory of what they had seen on stage. Yes. And it could, so it could be somebody sneaking around in the theater. It could be an actor after the play was kind of done. They stole, they stole it and they Mm -hmm. went and sold it. Um, It could be any number of things, but um, Hamlet's a good example of, we don't quite know exactly what the original version was, but the thing that we read today has been translated and adapted by well-meaning scholars trying to make it more clear a lot of times. It's also been revised. So these plays were performed in the theaters a whole bunch and likely Hmm. made better over the course of time. How racist was Hamlet then, I guess, is the question. You're saying most of these against Norwegians <laughs> and racism, racism against Norwegians is pretty and permissible still. I mean, we do it. We do it all the time all on this time, podcast. Yeah. Now, this the, the play isn't that. There's a couple of lines which are a little, little eyebrow raising, but they're on the spectrum of racist Shakespeare plays. There who, are worse ones. Who did Shakespeare? What did <laughs> who was racist against who back then? Um. I mean, the big ones. Just the same. You, a lot same of the traditional Jewish ones. people yeah. and black people came in for a lot of hits. <laughs> All the classics were there. All the hits. All right, here we go. When young Prince Hamlet's dad dies, Hamlet's pretty bummed out. Then, when his uncle marries his mom, he's freaked out. Then, when his dad's ghost appears and reveals that he was murdered by the uncle, Hamlet ah. gets really mad and vows revenge. 
It's a classic tale of standing around, doing nothing, and eventually accidentally killing several people. This week, I brought the most overrated Shakespeare play, Hamlet. Now, do you really um, think... Now, now, I know it's the theme this week, and I know it was put in there. Do you feel this is the most overrated Shakespeare play? Because there's a lot of Shakespeare plays out there that... Well, I guess there's a lot of plays that nobody's ever heard of. Let's start there. Yeah. So, I would say I, it's not the Shakespeare play I hate the most. That would be Romeo and Juliet. Um... But I would I think it is the most overrated Shakespeare play. And that's because it's held up as this sort of brilliant excavation of the human condition. This is what it means to be a man, to be a human in the modern world, beset by uncertainty in words. Please stop. No, I'm mocking this because this is like the, 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 the sort of effusive praise like people say. People have said this is this is all about Hamlet is about being human. And I would say it's about being human if you're a medieval Danish prince. And I just want to check in. Which is, which with, is a very narrow slice of pul- humanity. Let's check on this. Yeah, quick check here. in. Uh, Joe, are you a medieval Danish prince? I am not medieval. No. I am not Danish and I am not a prince. Nick, we all know you're Danish, but are you a medieval Danish prince? No, Ian. No, you're not. So I think I think this is one of those one of those stories that people want it to be more than it is. And the fact of the story is he doesn't really it's not a rollicking revenge tale. It's put forward. Everyone talks about this as like the ultimate in in sort of madness and revenge. But he's pretending to be mad. He's not actually mad. And he doesn't do a very good job getting revenge. The whole yeah. thing is about will Hamlet, will he, won't he? And the answer is he won't, except for by accident, kind of. At the <laughs> very, 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 very end. I've, I've refused to give spoiler tags to a play that's been literally been around 400 years. <laughs> if you don't know the end of Hamlet by now. I don't, I'll be honest. It's really hard for me to get over the fact that none of this is actually Shakespeare. <laughs> well, no, 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 that's no, not, no, that is not so, what Ian so said. To go, to go back to, to go back to, um, I think when we have creative processes that Sounds are... Sounds like they changed the most important line. I mean, I don't know. Or <laughs> potentially, so like, like we don't know where that line got changed, right? So it could be Shakespeare wrote the, the lines as they were and the actors performed them and then somebody copied them down and stole them. And then he's like, yeah, guys, I don't like that. I want to say more. Let's add these lines. Oh, that's so much better. Will. let's roll with that. And they go with that. Or possibly he wrote some lines and uh, the actors performed them. And they're like, this is, hey, Will, this is not good. Could we, yeah. we kind of buff this up and post a little bit? And so they come up with it. Um, it could be, honestly, it could be it was performed. And then somebody brought it to Will and said, hey, Will, we're going to go publish this. Do you want to add anything? Oh, yeah. I've had some <laughs> ideas about that, that soliloquy. Let's go there. So we don't know where these came from. It came in part from Will. It came in part from the theater. We we know that much, but we don't know kind of the balance of who it is. You you hear these stories with movies all the time because actors of by actors are given a lot of agency by certain directors, and other directors give actors no agency at all when it comes to line ratings or something like that. Right. Um, so when you see it, when you see something, we're always blown away to find out like, oh, this one scene, like the actor ad-libbed that or that's largely off the cuff and it's this it feels like this burst of creative genius but like what you end up with is this collaborative piece of art in in a very true sense 
Right. And I think collaboration like that, you can't ultimately you can't disarticulate it. You, you don't say the director was completely uninvolved. You don't say the actor was uninvolved. It's that this is what happens when we work together. We make a space for um, great stuff to happen organically. I think this podcast is uh, a really bad example because clearly I <laughs> carry both of you. And I am the one who, who brings the class and, and the, uh-huh. the job, obviously the humor. Mm-hmm. And it's anyone who listens knows exactly what's going on. Ian, why yes. do you think why do you think this story is endured? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for so eight hundred years now. One of my favorite nine hundred years. <laughs> one of my favorite stories about this about this play is the old lady who went. She had never seen Hamlet before. Never read it. I don't know how she got to be old and. No, she was probably just lost. She, yeah, <laughs> uh, she went to see the play and she came away and she's like, I don't like it. And somebody was like, well, her, her, her husband was like, why didn't you like it, dear? And she said it was just all quotations. <laughs> That's a Shakespeare joke. huh? It's a Shakespeare <laughs> joke. Um, it's a recognizable play. And I think this is it comes out plum spang in the middle of Shakespeare's career. Um, I think he is getting really good at one liners before kind of getting into his own head. His later plays are very complex linguistically, and it's hard to kind of understand what he's saying. The earlier plays are kind of clunky, but this this is sort of like mid career. um, He's on a roll Um, Mm -hmm. lines like I have some examples and some of these you'll know are are Shakespeare and some of them you won't. Um, The saying there's method, there's method method to the madness. Mm -hmm. That's Hamlet. To thine own self be true. That's Hamlet. Brevity is the soul of wit. Hamlet. Something is rotten in the state of Denmark. Hamlet. The phrase infinite jest, which David Foster Wallace turned into a massive unreadable book. Hamlet. Um, (laughs) Being cruel to be kind. Hamlet. Uh, The lady doth protest too much, methinks. Hamlet. There's a lot. So one of the reasons this is endured is because people like to quote it. And every time it's quoted, it gets re-upped. It gets kind of that longevity. The thing about Hamlet is I don't know the thing I don't understand about Hamlet is that the story is not particularly sticky. So it starts off with a bang. Um, dad is dead. Uncle married my mom. Oh, no, it's my dad's ghost. And he's telling me that my uncle murdered my dad. And also I got to go revenge myself on my, my uncle. And somehow I've got to keep from affecting my mom with all this. The first act is solid. I mean, is Hamlet, that act one? Like we just, you just described one. act one. Those are not spoilers. It's like wall to wall suspense, drama, action. That's amazing. Ghost, That's a good act Ghosts one. are amazing. And the ghost has some comedic pieces where he's like running around under the stage trying to scare them. And they're all like, Ugh. it's almost Scooby-Doo-esque. <laughs> and then act oh, two hits. Another great day. Another, another amazing. Well, is he? No, 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 Scooby-Doo, Great Dane, and Hamlet's a no, great is Dane. Actually, a Great Dane. Scooby-Doo's a, a Great Dane. Yeah, that's pretty so clever, good. Joe. Thank you. Well Thank done. you. That Joe, Joe. Joe Quark's on mold. Um, <laughs> the problem is with the story. Act two through most of Act four are are fairly boring. Four mm. acts. Five. There's a five total. Five. Acts. But five, it gets and good again at five. It does. So you, oh, it, you it dips kind in the of middle. get like it takes a long time for the action to pick up. There's a lot of standing around on the stage. A lot of very kind of theater things happening. You know, like you know what I mean when I say theater things. Theater. People being emotional. Lots oh. of crying. Yeah. Um, it's just it's very it's a it's a play that seems like it sucks you in. And you're going to be like, okay, here we go for some drama and action. And then it's, it's, 
it's talking for a long, long time. <laughs> it's just talking. I'm confused why this story is stuck. The language, the words, absolutely. But the story, not much to write home about until the fifth, until the, the last act, the fifth act. As I scroll through one-star reviews of everybody forced to read this book in high school. Love it. Um, uh, T.S. Eliot uh, wrote something called Hamlet and His Problems, in which he just tears it apart. Do you know anything about this? I don't. Um, I know that T.S. Eliot was famously uh, a bit of a snob. A hater? Yeah. Bit of a hater. I mean, he was kind of one of the original hipsters who doesn't like things that everyone else likes. But I think... Elliot kind of Elliot was one of the first to sort of step to push back against this, the, the, the wave of pro Hamlet. Hamlet has been um, very popular for a very long time, both on stage and um, as a book on the page. And there is a growing consensus among Shakespeare scholars, among sort of popular critics that, yeah, it's fine, but it's not the best Shakespeare for a long time. People said this is the best Shakespeare. And then somebody was like, well, if it's good, why doesn't anything happen in it until the fifth act? And then, okay, well, you could say to, that about like Citizen Kane too, you know, or, or like there's a lot of famous movies that are no, like, but wow, in Citizen Kane, he's at least got that that scene where he's like no. clapping Citizen with a really Kane's scary a face. Movie. Ian, yeah, isn't this all about expectations? I mean, certainly if you found this on sure, a shelf sure. that nobody else had ever read, you'd be like, guys. <laughs> You got to read this shit. Right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Well, I think I think a lot of it too is kind of that that contrarian vibe, the hipster vibe that says, well, uh, everyone thinks this is Ian good. vibe is what classic I call it. Ian vibe. Um like this is good, TS Eliot style. This is everyone says this is good, so I'm going to find the problems with mm-hmm. it. Um, classic but yeah, TS Eliot. We are we are prick. told we are told this is the best Shakespeare and so, you know, it's all taste, right? This is the thing about taste. I can't say your taste is wrong. Yeah, mm-hmm. and unless you like beats, in which case, <laughs> then you, you're, you're just like actually dirt. actively beats are beats are scientifically proven to uh, shorten your lifespan because they make yeah. you unhappy. They're poison. <laughs> Litheads, yeah, Litheads. and they're gross. I'm turning this into an anti-beat platform. Have we already beats, been anti-beat? What did we I'm call them? Explicit. This is this making has been me, the subtext of every episode to this point. This is Here giving me. Uh, um, deja, deja vu. vu. I have a question. Well, well, Nick thinks what like we used rocks? to call beats. You call yeah. them rocks, right? Dirt, they're like dirt. They taste like dirt because they, they are. taste like they're dirt. Actually, they taste like dirt. What's your question, Joe? I, so if this isn't the best Shakespeare play, like I think of the classic, like the bangers, like the ones that you teach in high school. And I think like that list kind of comes down to when I think of high school Shakespeare, I think of Romeo and Juliet. Yep. I think of Hamlet. I think of um, Midsummer Night's Dream. Mm-hmm. And Which I think of some... Julius Caesar. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of a, the, the, it's not a the trilogy quadrility, maybe quadrilogy. Yeah. But, um, so if this isn't the best at Shakespeare, what, what should we be teaching our high schoolers? Ian? like, what is oh, the best? Good. One? Yeah. What are the solutions here? Ian, stop yeah. with your problems. So I would say, I would say my, uh, the best I've just yelled about how the best is impossible, whatever, whatever for my money. I'm going to go with, a. Uh, a little bit lesser known. <laughs> it's from his it's, early work. You want to recognize it. here, folks. No, it's actually super late. Um, one of the last plays he wrote, it's called The Tempest. And it's got, dude, it begins with a shipwreck. It's got monsters who are scary and then get drunk and they're funny. There's some, li- 
There's some legitimately funny Shakespearean stuff, which is hard to do because we all know that Shakespeare wasn't funny. Like the jokes are not actively funny. Right, uh, there's kind of magic. Like, oh. There is an old man who is sort of losing control of his ability to, to, to do magic. There are spirits who fly around. There's a nice little love story that's not overwhelming. And it all wraps up neatly with uh, potentially a metaphor for the end of Shakespeare's career. It's short. Oh, it's now we're enjoyable. <laughs> yeah. And it's got a wide range of characters that students can identify with. It's got its protagonist. It's not clear if he is like a creepy uh, controlling dad or just somebody who's trying to keep his daughter safe. It's amazing. That's it's beautiful. This sounds like Shakespeare's blank check, like Phil, but like, like his blank check where it's like, all right, well you've given us banger after yes, banger. Yes. You can make what you want to make right. unlimited like, budget. And he's like, okay, I'm so going to need, need some ghosts and I'm going to need all star actors. So the Tempest is the Tempest is a lot of fun. Leadheads. If you're looking for a, I mean, it's not, uh, it's not unknown. If it's not like Troilus and Cressida, if you're looking for a fun Shakespeare play that's not Hamlet, um, try out The Tempest. It's short. There are some good film versions, um, including one with Russell Brand, which is unfortunate these days. Jesus Christ, that's <laughs> unfortunate timing there, Ian. Probably just watch yeah. a different one, I'd say. I'm gonna go back to I'm gonna go back to Hamlet for a second. Yeah. Uh, because I do wanna for all the all the trash I'm talking about Hamlet, I do I think the ending of this play is incredible. Welcome to Tiffany's. <laughs> this is like reverse <laughs> Tiffany's. If I say this, this book is um, the ending. The ending of this play is is really, really good. It has kind of accidentally a lot of amazing stuff that is um, amazing stuff that that almost makes it worth it. I do for all of the, all the trash I've talked. It is a good ending. If you want to feel sad, it sounds like <sighs> feels like a well, don't we? Don't we? Don't read we? the uh, just read the Tempest. It's got Russell Brand. Read in the it. Tempest. <laughs> it's got ships. It's got ships. All right, lit heads. If you want to support the show, we, we we read stuff that you want us to read. Head on over to tweenvogue.com. Also, um, once the cease and desist comes through, yes. you can head over to you don't know yes. podcast.com. But in the meantime, really hit that tweenvogue.com, suggest a book, suggest a theme, <laughs> request a sticky. The best part of this show is getting to read stuff that we otherwise won't read, and we appreciate your suggestions. When he says to be or not to be, he's asking, should I end my own life? To be means to keep on living. Not to be means to end my own life. To be or not to be, that is the question. Whether it is nobler in the mind to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune or to take arms against a sea of troubles and by opposing end them to die to sleep no more and by a sleep to say we end the heartache and the thousand natural shocks that flesh is heir to tis a consummation devout to die to sleep to sleep perchance to dream ah there's the rub for in that sleep of death what dreams may come when we have shuffled off this mortal coil must give us pause there is a respect that makes calamity of so long life. For who would bear the whips and scorns of time, the, the oppressor's wrong, the proud man's condemnly, the pangs of disprized love, the law's delay, the 
insolence of office and the spurns that patient merit of the unworthy takes, when he himself might his quietus make with a bare bodkin. Who would fartles bear to grunt and sweat under a weary life? But that the dread of something after death, the undiscovered country from whose born no traveler return, puzzles the will and makes us rather bear those ills we have than fly to others that we know not of. Thus conscience doth make cowards of us all, and thus the native hue of resolution is sicklied o'er with a pale cast of thought, and enterprises of great pith and moment. With this regard, their currents turn awry and lose the name of action. Mm -hmm.